Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukes. Hiya, Mukes. It is a beautiful October 5th morning here in the city. Episode 94 is about to kick off. We are breaking down, and we've got another week, I should say, of our power rankings that are coming out hot. There is a lot of movement in this week's power rankings. I believe only two teams stayed put. Two teams stayed put this week. That's it. That is it. And a lot of big-time movers, a lot of big-time followers. I couldn't just pick one to point out specifically. There was a lot. We're going to get into it. We've also got our Thursday night preview between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. That's taking place tomorrow. Uh, Aaron, how goes it? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm back. Uh, I had a day off of the show yesterday. Not really a day off. I had a lot of stuff I had to take care of, but I am back and I'm excited. And um, well, I, I'm not going to waste any time. I, I'm not going to waste any time. I, I was disappointed in you guys yesterday. First of all, great oh, show. I listened thanks. to the whole thing. Great show. You guys, you guys represented really well. But there's two points I have to bring up. One, I will get to you uh, after after AJ because he's not on the show, but I want him to hear this when he goes to clip the audio. First of all, bravo, sir. Bravo filling in for me. Um, you know, having numbers and statistical data to defend your positions about your players. But I want, I want to, I'm just disappointed because there's one name that he mentioned that I don't think he, I don't think he fully comprehends what he said. Um, he talked about his own team and Kyle Pitts and how he's starting to get worried about Kyle Pitts. And then he spewed all this nonsense about, oh, when they line up in one tight end set in the 26 plays and the, the blah, 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 and Kyle Pitts wasn't on the field. Well, I believe it was myself who told you, I don't know, maybe 2021, that Kyle Pitts wasn't a blocker. That Kyle Pitts didn't want to block. And this is why you don't take a tight end that high is because he ends up only being a receiver. Well, that's the reason he wasn't on the field because – the Atlanta Falcons, if you watched the show the day before when we recapped the games, ran the ball 14 straight plays in that game to end the game. And in the first half, they only ran 17 plays. So when you look at those numbers and say, well, Kyle Pitts was only on the field for this amount of plays, or he only ran this amount of routes. Well, yeah, because when they get to the line of scrimmage, expecting to run the football, Cleveland adjusts their defense. And then Mariota checks out of it. Kyle Pitts isn't on the field to go run that route that whatever that backup tight end is running. So put some context to your numbers. If you are a Kyle Pitts owner, stop panicking. This guy is an elite talent. It's four games in. He's had a good game. It's not like he's had uh, every game has been bad. It's only been four games. They will find a way to get him the football. You have no Cordero Patterson. Now there is no reason to panic on Kyle Pitts. I know everybody's doing it. If you can trade for Kyle Pitts, go trade for Kyle Pitts. He's too good of a talent. Um, AJ, and the numbers were cute, but come on, man. Put some context to those numbers. Uh, and then Vincent, I woke up this morning expecting to be like, you know what? Vin Vinny's a man of his word. Vinny is a man of his word. And then I go, I, I get on my phone, and I'm like, oh, let's see who the waiver wire pickups. Did I Did I get my quarterback? Did I? Did, uh, and I'm like, wait, I don't see this guy's name. Hmm, where's he at? You know who I didn't see picked up? 
a guy that you had the nerve to talk about in Trent Sherfield having some per, some future fantasy no, value. I, Stop. No, Stop. no wait. Stop. No. no, let me finish that. But that's not even that's I didn't I didn't even say I was going to pick him up this week. I said I next did, week. Do not be surprised if he's on our waiver list. That's those are I, the words that I said. I didn't. Yeah, you froze. You froze because the world doesn't want to hear what you have say to say that. about You're me bringing so up Trent Sherfield. I'm saying, and if you believe that he is going to be a thing next week in a big league like ours, and you complain there's no talent when you roster guys like Isaiah Likely, Ken Murray, Tyler Huntley, Latavius Murray, Jarvis Landry's done nothing, you couldn't go out and be ahead of the curve and get Trent Sherfield now so you don't have to spend the money on him? Stop with the Trent Sherfield talk. You, you don't even believe it yourself. Cedric Wilson's been hurt for most part of the beginning part of the season. Trent Sherfield is not a thing. Nobody has him on their roster. Nobody's going to want him on their roster. And if you're picking him up now, you're doing it just to spite me. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up Trent Sherfield and uh, well, I hope, so I, don't, the player you, I hope the player you drop goes for 400 yards. <laughs> I actually don't know who I want to drop because oh like, my God. The thing is, well, you're going to have to drop somebody because soon Brian Robinson's going to come back. And we know how much you love Brian Robinson since he's been activated now. I just dropped the Browns defense for Trent Sherfield. There you go. Hey, hey, I will say sleeper agrees with you. He's projected for one point seven two. So they they must agree with you. I'm I'm telling you, if there's there is a slight chance, okay. There, I mean, really, though, look at the numbers from from last week. We talked about it with like a player like Noah Brown. When you look at Noah Brown and Cooper Rush, he came out of nowhere. Noah Brown came out of nowhere. And we're like, OK, Cooper Rush has been getting all the work with Noah Brown. Where we see the relationship that they have. Was together. Noah Brown ever on a waiver wire pickup? Yeah. Wasn't he? Did you draft Noah Brown? Did someone draft no. Noah Brown? What I'm asking you was, did we ever say to go pick up Noah Brown? No. If you would have said, hey, Trent Sherfield next week against the Jets, DFS play, deep sleeper, you get no argument from me. You're talking about Fair. sustained value in a fantasy league with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosecki, Chase Edmonds, and Raheem Mostert. There's no room for Trent Sherfield to be a thing in a fantasy football league. That's fair. That, 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 that I guess that. Yes, Bailey, Bailey made my point. He owns Noah Brown in the fantasy league. And guess what? You suck, Bailey. You, you know who suck. you know who he, you know who he doesn't own? A Kenny Pickett. You know who he also doesn't own? Latavius Murray. Ah! Hey, he can have Kenny Pickett. I'll trade him. Gee, he'll do. I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll give you Josh Allen for for Kenny Pickett. I'm sure that no, trade I would never, I'm not going to I'm not going to rip anybody off, but I would I'm, trade Kenny Pickett. It's a quarterback yeah, in, a, in a Superflex yeah. league. I was honestly, there's one player that I'm, I'm really high on in fantasy and this will be the last thing. I, uh, I wish I was more aggressive in trying to trade you Zay, uh, for Zay Jones. And I wish I was more aggressive to try and get Zay Jones. Um, but that's just one player I'm in the market for. If, if Bailey, you're watching and you want to make a deal with tra- for, for Zay Jones. Uh, did my, you say my, if, did you, did you say if, if he wants to make a move for Zay Jones? Yeah, like I mean, no, I'm saying like if you said if Bailey is watching, what kind of statement is that? Well, okay, that's that's fair. I'm also in the market to trade DJ Moore, but that's a whole different thing. We oh, really when I wanted DJ Moore, you were trying to sell me and justify what he was in our I deal. Did, I didn't. I didn't want to. 
I didn't want to give up. I wasn't going to give up extra. That's the thing with our deal. I did not want to give up extra. Like that's that's extra what, what extra players that I don't have. Extra play. I don't have a. I don't have another wide receiver that I could have filled in DJ Moore's spot. Yeah, you could have. No, I couldn't have. You could have. What has DJ I Moore could've. done for you? You actually absolutely. He had twelve points last week. Wow, that's his best week. I don't. Th- I think he's had multiple double digit weeks. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We'll talk fantasy after the show. We'll do that. <laughs> we we have a lot to talk about this show. We've got news that, or we've got morning headlines. We've got injury report. We've got power rankings. We've got a Thursday night preview to get into. Let's get down to business. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. That's right. It is time for morning headlines. And of course, I can't start off morning headlines without talking about something that may not be a big deal to everyone else, but it's a big deal to me. The boat. Blake Bortles has announced his retirement after six years in the NFL playing for the Jags, the Rams. He was also on the practice squad for like the Packers. Uh, it, he was, he bounced around a lot after his career in Jacksonville, uh, but he announced his retirement after, after six real seasons in the NFL, 78 games uh, over 1700 passing yards in his career, helped the Jaguars to get the AFC championship game in 2017. Uh, he announced his retirement today and Blake, the boat Bortles, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. All hail the boat, the legend, Blake Bortles. In other news, in other real news, this is the big headline that I wanted to discuss uh, that, that actually does matter. Tua Tagovailoa has uh, met with the reps from the NFL and the NFLPA as part of the investigation to look into the, the handling of his concussion on Sunday against the Bills and then the handling of whether or not he should have played on Thursday against the Bengals. Uh, we all know how that ended. It did not end well. He is doing fine as of right now. Um but the investigation is in full effect. Tua has met with the NFL and the NFLPA NFL um, to discuss the matter and see how things were handled. So we will keep you updated in our morning headlines for days to come as information starts pouring in on the Tua Tonga Veloa situation. Aaron, it's your time to shine. I know you missed this. Let's get in to the injury report. Yes, that's right. But there's somebody that can get up, and that's Commanders officially designated Brian Robinson. What? <laughs> he said he, there's somebody who can get up. Yeah, it's Brian Robinson. He got yeah. shot, and he's back up. Um, the, the team will now evaluate him over the next 21 days, and they'll have those three weeks to a- activate him. I don't think it's really an evaluation. They will activate him in the next three weeks. Otherwise, he doesn't get to play for the rest of the year. So I expect him to be back on the field soon, and I expect that Washington ugly running game to continue and be a more of a committee and a mess and a shit show. So that, that should be fun to watch, but he is back and then we uh, we're happy for him and happy to have him on the field. Uh, Kenny Galladay suffered an MCL sprain in Sunday's game. I don't know how he only plays like six plays a game, but whatever his knee got sprained and he's not expected to make the trip to London. He'll be out probably for a while and he doesn't play anyway. So not really huge impact there. Uh, 49ers backup offensive tackle Colton McGivitz 
suffered an MCL sprain Monday and he'll miss a while, according to Kyle Shanahan. Um, he replaced Trent Williams, who's already out with an ankle injury. So they are going to be running real thin at the left tackle position. They will have to look for a replacement. And Colts linebacker Shaquille Leonard, when he got the concussion, which I, I did see live um, and knew it was concussed right away, he also broke his nose. And if you remember that, you know, I broke in my nose. That, that's what I thought of. He broke I, in my <laughs> nose. When I heard that, uh, that's what I thought. Um, so Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard's tough start to the season for him. One of the better linebackers in football. Jonathan Taylor is expected to play despite the concerns of a serious ankle injury. I'm I'm not a fan of this. Um, I don't think he's going to be ready to play. If it's a serious ankle injury and you have three days, why don't we get as upset about ankle injuries? I know it's not a head injury and I know the head is more significant, but you're still putting the guy's career um, and body at risk. And yet we say it's serious, but he's expected to play. So um, it's 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 mind blowing to me how we don't even care about that. And I'm not saying it has to be to the same extent of Tua and a head injury, because obviously your head is more important as far as living. But um, it's still a serious injury. And we don't care if he shoots him up in the ankle and says, get your ass out on the field and play. So um, I don't know about that. I think he'll be ineffective if he does play and he's seriously uh, injured like that. So maybe you said him this week, but they seem to not want to do that. Javante Williams and Randy Gregory have officially been put on IR. Uh, I believe Randy Gregory has a chance to come back. I'm not sure. I didn't see that report, but Javante does not, obviously. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. yeah. Randy Gregory, I think, has a chance to come back, but Javante... Javante, uh, Javante, Javante, done deal. It's nothing. Uh, it's it's a big time bummer. A big time bummer that Javante's out. But uh, but yeah, it, Gray Gregory does have a chance to come back. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for the injury report. I tried to do you uh, proud yesterday by doing it, but uh, you know it just doesn't live up to the expectations, and it does not live up to what you can do in the injury report. I appreciate that, uh, Aaron. You ready to do this? You ready to do this? Oh, your connection says no. Your connection says nope. I'm not ready to do this. My opinions, my thoughts, my opinions. I'm ready. Okay, you're good. Okay, great. All right, it is time to get into our Week Five NFL Power Rankings. If you've missed the show, if you've missed any of our Power Rankings uh, in the past, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, it gets it gets real real uh, tight here. The the judging and the the process that goes into this, it's not easy. Um, but we make it happen. Uh, Aaron makes it happen, I should say. And uh, if you don't like what you see, if you don't like where your team ranks, let us know why and maybe why they should be ranked higher or maybe a team you see is ranked too high uh, and you think they should be lower. Let us know. Let's start off 25 through 32, the back end of the of the NFL here. The Chicago Bears, one of the few teams that stayed put on Aaron's list. They stayed put at 32. Houston drops one spot. They've got some big time fallers here, though, including the Carolina Panthers going from 25 to 30 this week. And then the Indianapolis Colts moving from, oh, man, from 19 to 25 this week. Uh, the Colts now for the first time debut at, on the back end of this list. And uh, that's where we got to start, Aaron. The Colts 25, what, what went into your your thought process there and and how do you have the Colts at 25? Well, we talked about it. The They just haven't shown us what we thought they would be in the offseason. And a lot of that's been the consistency on the offensive side of the football. There have been times their defense has played okay at times to, to at least keep them in games. They, they were able to beat the Chiefs because of a, a solid defense. Uh, but offensively, they just turn the football over way too much. 
And again, I, I said it a number of times in the NFL, you turn the football over, you're going to struggle. And they're not creating those turnovers that they have been um, in the in the past on defense. So when you have a quarterback like Matt, like Matt Ryan, who's a statue back there, and you haven't been able to run the football, you have to get something extra from some people. And they haven't had those guys step up. There's been nobody on the outside except for Michael Pittman that's really played a role. They've had to rely way too much on those tight ends and Mo Ali Cox and um, – oh, man, what's the rookie's name? Like uh, Jelani Woods. Jelani and Woods. so – those guys are that's cool to have those pieces but they shouldn't account for all of your points like at some point in time you have to have those explosive weapons I thought Naheem Hines would be more of a factor than he is and he's still good but um, they're not using him in my opinion appropriately and maybe it is start, time to start looking at Frank Wright and say hey what are you doing you've had Philip Rivers you've had Carson Wentz you've had Matt Ryan two of those are arguably Hall of Famers and I get it you've had them on the back end of their career but the, the structure of your team has been run the football, play action, play good defense and create turnovers. And this year you're not running the football. Your defense is okay. And you're not creating turnovers. You're giving the ball away. So uh, what, what is it really that you're doing um, to, to fix those things? And, and the Colts just haven't looked the part. And so they're going to continue to drop until they look the part, even if they win some games. And I, like I said, I know they beat the chiefs, but they're going to have to show me more, show me that they can play well before I start to move them back up in the, in the power rankings. Yeah, this is a team that, and I've said it, I said it earlier on this week and I'll reiterate it again. I'll reiterate it that I was very hopeful that the Colts could turn it around and figure it out. And they, when the, once they beat the chiefs, we're kind of like looking at that and we're like, how much of that was the Chiefs just beating themselves and the Colts winning that game? And maybe Colts fans will get on us and say, oh, well, we still beat the Chiefs. So this makes no sense. But how you're playing in all of these games is what this comes down to. And it just has not looked good. And you're waiting for them to say, okay, they're going to figure it out. They're going to get into a rhythm. Matt Ryan's going to be able to get this team under control. And then Frank Wright, and they're going to they're going to get everything. They're going to get that chemistry. But you brought it up. Matt Ryan is just way too like ha- reliant on everyone else, but the wide receiver position. And we said that this could be a problem at the beginning of the season, whether it's just with Michael Pittman. And then there's everybody else they spent high on Alec Pierce, but he hasn't done too much to start the season. You, you talk about the disappointment of Paris Campbell uh, and, and, and then there's just everyone else in that wide receiver group that just no one has stepped up and it's just Michael Pittman and everyone else. And when Matt Ryan is even targeting the wide receiver position, it hasn't been that great. He's got one touchdown and four interceptions when he's targeting the wide receiver position. And then when it comes to, like you said, everyone else with the, with outside of Michael Pittman, his, his completion percentage is trash. All four of those interceptions have come when targeting someone other than Michael Pittman, it's just not a good recipe for success for a team that we had high hopes for. We thought we could, we thought they could win the AFC South. And right now they're one of the worst teams in the AFC South. So I have no problem with you having the Indianapolis Colts uh, where they are. Another faller though, that you had big time faller uh, was the, uh, I don't want to talk about the, I don't want to talk about the Panthers. You have them at 30. There really isn't much to say there, right? It's, the Panthers are the Panthers. It's Baker Mayfield. No, it's Baker it's Mayfield. It's, make, it's, it's a combination of Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule. And that's not a good combo. That's just, uh, what, what do they call it? Combust? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Inevitable combustion. or that. Like, it just doesn't <laughs> work. It just doesn't work. Baker's inaccurate. Baker likes to play hero ball. I was having this conversation yesterday with a coworker of mine. 
who happens to be on our sports team as well. And we were talking about Baker Mayfield and we both agree. Baker Mayfield is not even a backup in this league. And you want to know why? Because he plays hero ball and he wants to be the hero. He plays with that chip on his shoulder, which is fine as a starter. You want to prove everybody wrong. But if you can't have self-reflection and say, hey, I know what I need to be, a la Teddy Bridgewater, a la Andy Dalton, a la Ryan Fitzpatrick for all those years, saying, I don't have to be the hero. I need to come in and do a job. You won't even be able to be a backup in this league. And right now, uh, Baker Mayfield has a complex that disallows him to just do his job. Just do your job. Throw to the open guy. Check down when you need to check down. Stop trying to run around, play hero ball, because that's not you at this level. This is not college football. You can't do the same things you did in college. And I don't think he's recognized that. And until he does, or until he says, you know what, I I don't want to play this game anymore, he is going to struggle. Um, And that's where they're at. Carolina's it's not the team that's bad, man. I'm telling you right now, they might go up with Sam Darnold. And I know Sam Darnold's not great, but I do believe Sam Darnold has a better grasp on who he is than Baker Mayfield does. Um, and, and and I think that was evident last year at times. Like Sam Darnold did have some success. P.J. Walker had some success. This is a really, really good defense. I mean, an excellent defense. And they're hand, handcuffed because of Baker Mayfield. 15. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, QBR of 15. Yeah, not good, Bob. Not good. But a team that has risen up the ranks slowly, very slowly uh, to start the season is the Seattle Seahawks. They're now currently uh, sitting at 26 in our power rankings. Aaron, what have you seen from the Seahawks that makes you have them climbing up? Uh, what do they do? They climbed up five spots. So they they, they were once, well, oh, you had them at 31. That I mean, that's, that's, that's a little bit better than 31. So Seahawks 26, uh, what are you seeing from them? Yeah, shine on, Gino, shine on. I mean, that's really what it's about. Uh, They have, Gino has played well in three of four games. Like, you really look at the, I guess, two and a half of four games because the second half of that Denver game, he he did not play well. But for the most part, they won that game. So he played well against Denver. He played well against Atlanta. And he played well against Detroit. And so that's three of the four games. And you start to have to look like, okay, Gino knows who he is. And this is what I'm talking about with some of these other quarterbacks that don't know who they are. They're the Baker Mayfields of the world. Gino, but he knows exactly who he is. And I think that's done. I think that's paid dividends. He also has great weapons in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They found ways to get the tight end the football. Rashad Penny, who's been kind of absent for the most part of the beginning of the season, steps out this past week and has a huge game. And you see what their offense can look like when they run the football. So um, not going to go crazy. They're not a great football team. They beat the Detroit Lions who can't stop a nosebleed. But the fact of the matter is, is he's played to Gino's level. And, and I, I'm, I'm impressed by that. I like that the confidence is there. And so they get to move up a little bit, but they're still one of the yeah. worst teams in football. That's fair. That's fair. But a good, a good console, console, const, consolation, consolation prize. I don't know why I wanted to say constellation like a stars, but yeah. um, I mean, you should be pretty familiar with the word consolation. That's usually where you end up in fantasy football. So. Well, I, actually, I don't even get that because I'm not. I don't even make the playoffs. You, sir, that's your thing, not mine. I don't get that. Excuse I don't get to that point. Excuse me. L- last year, you got the consolation prize. You got the second. No, prize. I did not. That's not what consolation means. That's that. That is what. If you're not first, you're last. Okay. If you're not first, you're oh, last. okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's 25 through 32. Let's go on to 17 through 24. 
In this, it features the biggest faller in the Denver Broncos, dropping seven spots from being a top 10 team last week uh, to 17 this week. We've also got the Browns falling five spots, the Jets moving up five spots, and the Falcons moving up five spots. This, this group right here featured, I think, the biggest movers. And the, the two of the biggest movers in the Jets and Falcons and one, and the biggest faller in the Denver Broncos. Let's start at the back of this with the Atlanta Falcons and they move up to 24. I feel like 25 through 32 is like what you just said. The Seattle Seahawks, they're still a bad team, but they're moving up. That's kind of what 25 through 32 is just a bunch of bad teams. And they're just and they're ranked where they are. They're moving up. They're they're moving up within their little shitty bubble. The Falcons are now out of that shitty bubble into the 17 through 24 range. What did you see? And you personally saw this on Sunday. What did you see from the Falcons that made you have to move them up five spots? Well, uh, it wasn't necessarily what I saw from the Falcons. And don't get it wrong, they're still in the shitty bubble. The shitty bubble's just extended now. The NFL right now. Um, some of these teams that we talked about, oh, nobody's an easy out. Yeah, but you know what? Some of these teams aren't really that good, and that's why they're playing each other so tough. The Falcons are one of those teams. Yes, they compete. But yes, when you look at their roster and you see Marcus Mariota play football and you watch them live like I did against the Cleveland Browns, you're like, this team is not good. They're not. They're not. Not very now it makes sense why they now it makes sense why they played the Cleveland Browns so tough because those teams aren't very good either. They're not very good either. And and including the Rams, who we're gonna get to a little bit later, they've proven to not be as good as we maybe thought they were right now. And again, maybe they get better, maybe they don't, but they're also not as good as we thought they were. So it, this is more by by default, as as teams like the Patriots, the Steelers, the Colts continue to disappoint and fall some of these teams that are winning games have to rise and that's what the falcons have been here they've been fortunate enough to be behind those teams they had a good win against cleveland albeit no miles garrett no quarterback uh but it was at, and it was at home but they did find a way to win so they get credit for that so they move up those five spots this week because they did the job um, that they needed to do at home uh, against a quality defense and and they might be a quarterback change away from being more consistent from being a team. I could look at and say, man, that maybe they are better than, than what I thought they were because now the quarterback play is better. And again, Marcus Mariota hasn't destroyed them, but he also has turned the football over the most in the NFL and Arthur Smith doesn't trust him when you throw a pick and then you run the ball 14 straight times. You know, you know what happens when your team is just a quarterback away, you bring in Carson Wentz. Is Carson Wentz on the horizon for the Atlanta Falcons? No. I don't know. No. He would be better than Marcus Mariota, though. No. No. No, he wouldn't. Maybe with the turnovers, I guess not. I, I, yeah. That's a different He topic. would turn the ball that's over different. just as much, and Mariota is better with his legs. There they might be the same guy with Mariota having more rushing upside. Yeah, all right. All right. That, 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 that's fair. That's fair. Uh, back to your list, though, 17 through 24. The Atlanta Falcons move up five spots. The New York Jets also move up five spots. Can you briefly talk about what you're seeing from the Jets that make them a better team, five spots, a better team? Yeah, again, the, the moving up the five spots doesn't necessarily indicate how much better they've gotten, but they got their starting quarterback back. 
And I think that's a, it gives you a little bit of a spark. It's a little bit more juicy. Now it can develop that chemistry with the Garrett Wilson, with the Corey Davis and with an Elijah Moore. Um, the running backs are playing well. Brees Hall's played well. He started, this was the first game. I believe he actually outsnapped um, Michael Carter. So I think that's, they're trending towards going to that role of making him the guy. And I, I really like what Robert Sala and the chemistry that he has with this team. Um, there was a, was a TikTok or something, Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins, because the, the game's coming up, talked about Robert Sala and the type of person he is, and they've known each other since 2006. And Robert Sala seems like that type of dude, where he was living in the facility just to try to get a job, and he's a grinder, and he's done that with the Jets, and he's turned this team into, yeah, they're not world beaters, but you look at the Jets and you're like, man, that's a team that's going to fight. They're going to play well. They have, they're going to have a good defense, or at least one that that plays hard. Um, and now they're two and two and you're like, this is not the same old jets, despite what you may think. I don't care when the Steelers are bad. The jets would not go into that game in Pittsburgh and win. And yet they did. And, and I think that's they, the jets would have never been able to just come back from two touchdowns and down with a couple of minutes left against Cleveland, but they did. And that's, that shows me they're different. Um, they still are a bad football team. They still have to work some kinks out, but I, I like what I've seen from them. Um, thus far through four games. Yeah, they've got Miami this week. That's going to be a good test for them, even though without Tua, uh, it still is a very good team that they're going to be matched up against. Uh, obviously, talk about the weapons in Miami uh, that they're going to have to keep up with. But the Jets are on the rise, man. That's that's the team that's on the rise. Uh, a team that's not on the rise is the Denver Broncos, though. They are your biggest faller uh, this week at dropping seven spots here. Aaron, I mean, you had the Colts. As, the Colts were next up, basically as one of your other biggest fallers, Denver Broncos take that crown here. I said it from your first power rankings. I wasn't crazy about where you had them, but you still had that hope. You still not, you didn't still have that hope. I shouldn't say it was all, it was hope, but you still saw something in Denver that kept them. I believe you had them at like 12 or 11, somewhere around there in our first power rankings uh, after the loss against the Seattle Seahawks. Now they are all the way back here at 17, dropping seven spots. What is wrong with the Denver Broncos that have you putting them at this spot? Well, I said it last week. The Denver Broncos can't get out of their own way. The turnovers, the inefficiency in the red zone, the mistakes, the penalties, uh, it's all a part of what's going on. And you can directly point the finger at Nathaniel Hackett and say, yeah, maybe he's not built out to be a head coach, but you know, it is four games. And like, we have to stop judging a guy after four games, but it's taking longer than I think people anticipated because you brought in a Russell Wilson. And I'm just because I moved them to 17 doesn't mean I'm out on the Broncos. I think this is an extremely talented football team. They just lost their starting running back, who I think is going to be a big loss, but I still do have faith that this team can get back to pushing for a playoff spot, but they have to get out of their own way. You cannot turn the football over and get as many penalties as they do and expect to win games. It, it, it puts you behind the chains. And we we've talked about it over and over where you're playing behind the chains in the NFL. You, you just can't be successful. Um, that's, that's really what we've seen here. Russell Wilson's not comfortable under center like this. He's learning a new offense. And, and I, and I've said this before too, People underestimate what it's like to learn a new offense. Football is all the same. But when you have a new scheme or a new terminology, 
it takes time. It took Aaron Rodgers time. Uh, you're reluctant to it. A guy that's a veteran like Russell Wilson has been in the league for this long. It takes him some time to get used to that and then to match up with his receivers. But the biggest thing has been they're getting in their own way. The turnovers are are so critical. They've had 37 penalties through through four weeks, the most in the NFL. That is going to kill drives. And when you kill drives, you take chances away to score. And when you take chances to score away, uh, you're putting your defense in a tough situation. So Denver's just got to get out of their own way. Yeah, this is the team. And I told, we talked about the Colts earlier. Like, and, and it's funny because they both play each other tomorrow. Um, this is a game that, or this is a team that like, has not lived up to expectations. It's very been very disappointing. I've been very disappointed with the Denver Broncos. Uh, as you know, I picked everyone in the AFC West to go to win double-digit games this year, uh, including the Denver Broncos. They ha- I had them in, slipping into my one of the final spots uh, in the playoffs this year. And as you we just haven't seen it, this offense just has not looked good. And and I agree with you. I I, I had it from from day one that this team was not just something is off, and we have not seen them take that next step and take that next step forward. And uh, I think the difference is, I think you don't believe they can. Like, I, I, and I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just saying, that's what I, I get that. When you talk about them, I feel like you're saying like, I ah, just don't believe it. I truly believe that the Denver Broncos will be okay. I, I think that we are, we are not giving enough credit to the time it takes to get familiar with Nathaniel Hackett's offense and the Russell Wilson talent itself in my mind, will excel. And I, I, I've been a little bit down on Russell the past couple of seasons. I think he's fallen is, short of what we expect of him. But I do think this team will be okay. Is this – and I'm, I'm going to compare these two teams, and we're going to talk about these two teams in a little bit when we do our Thursday night preview with the Broncos and with the Colts. Like, what's the difference situations. between those two teams? What's the difference? The, the, the talent level of Denver and, the, okay, that, and, and where Russell Wilson's at in his career compared to Matt Ryan – um, it, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's close. I think they're in two different situations. The, the Denver Broncos have, <clears throat> excuse me, the Denver Broncos have an offense that is not predicated on, oh, we have to run the football 30 times, run play action. Like Russell can drop back 30 times or they can hand it off 30 times. They can win in multiple ways. They can, they can scheme it up multiple ways. The difference is, is they don't know who they are yet. They don't know what they are under a Nathaniel Hackett offense. And Russell has to get familiar and comfortable with that. And maybe there is some resistance. Maybe Russell's saying, you know what, I don't really like this style, but he's got to buy in to what Nathaniel Hackett is selling in order for it to work, despite how we feel about Hackett. And I think that takes time. We Once we start to see some success, and I think we will, I don't know if you have their schedule available, but you always do. I, I want to bring up their schedule because I they play in the West, so they have a tough schedule. But I think those winnable. Oh, boy games a team like the Colts that are that have one win I'm talking about a team that's two and two and they play the Colts tomorrow and Denver uh, are you picking the Colts against them because I can't no <laughs> like no it, it, the Chargers have been the Chargers division game but then you get the Jets Jacksonville I, I think Jacksonville is a tough matchup but we're still waiting Tennessee the rate like their schedule's not really really tough until when until week 13 and then week 13 through the end of the season they go through a gauntlet and if, if they can find it by then, they can win some of those games. If they do not find it by then, if it's like, uh, 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 then you can forget about making the playoffs as you're the Denver Broncos. But if you can find it by week 13 and then go and steal two or three of those games at the end of the season, um, I think you'll be okay. 
I think I think the the biggest telling sign of that, if they're going to like have it by week week thirteen, is that week eleven matchup against the Raiders. I think that's like if, if they if they, if this offense still looks like the way it is in week eleven, I hope to see the Denver Broncos in the twenties. That's 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 where I hope to see the Denver Broncos. I hope to see them right where. Well, it, it's hard to put them. In, it's hard to put them in the twenties if they're winning games. That, well, that's fair. Well, you know I, mean, I mean, like when we look at those other teams that are going to be from 20 to 32, you got to imagine they're going to be losing games as well. And and so it's going to be I mean, look where the Cardinals have been and we've been kind of down. They've been stuck on like 19 for the longest time. Um, it, it's it's hard. It's hard when you do rankings, but they they will drop if they play if they play bad. That's all I can say. Um, and right now they've been very up and down. Even defensively, they've been up and down the last couple of weeks. But that yeah. game against the that Raiders, I'm still pretty high on the Raiders, and they're one and three. Yeah, yeah, that's. I I I am also a little bit higher on the like. I just feel like I don't. I guess I don't know. It's you, you, what you say all the time, where it's just we're picking and choosing the narrative, what narrative we want to believe, and it's the same I, thing I, though. Josh McDaniels, new yeah, no, system, I agree. They struggled. Uh, that's that. That's why I brought it up. I think it's it, it is definitely the picking and choosing of which narrative you want to believe and follow here. But it, and it's not, and it's not consistent. And that's that's at least for me. Is I am I am I have the Broncos and the Raiders here and here. To be honest, like it's teeter tottering because both teams. I think the talent is there. It's just they have to put it together. And I'm more down on the Colts, and I'm happy that you have them where they are. Um, but that's your 17 through 24 Broncos. Your biggest faller. Uh, the Browns dropping five spots as well. The Saints continuing to just fall and fall and fall. I believe we had the Saints in the top 10 to start the season, and now they sit at 20. Uh, shout out to the Titans moving up two spots. You guys did it. And the Giants still sitting uh, sitting <laughs> at, at 22 because, well, they're three and one, but no one can figure out what the hell the Giants are. Uh, but let's go into our nine through 16 here. And this Every week, if you're if you haven't watched our power rankings before, this is the nitty gritty. This is the hardest part for Aaron's power rankings. Normally, normally, Aaron, can you say that this is the hardest part again this week? Honestly, no. I I, I was pretty confident in the, where I have these teams right now. Um, okay, which team were big, you the most confident? Lot, in? Well, look at the movers. Look how big a lot of big movers. Like, yep, there were yep. four over five spots or four teams that went over five spots in moving. Um, you had the Jaguars and the Cowboys hop up three spots. Even with the loss, the Jaguars hopped up three spots because they showed me something. Um, you, you see, yeah, what question did you ask me? I'm sorry. I, I asked, what team are you the most confident in in their spot? Like, you put this team there, and you're like, this team is the 13th best team or the 14th best team. Like, like your 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 decision, which decision that you made here was one that you were the most confident in? Um, I the Rams. The Rams. And the reason I'm picking the Rams is because that's the last playoff spot. Um, and I think the Rams are a playoff team. I really do. But that's it. I'm watched the Rams now for four weeks. And you cannot win in this league when you play in the trenches like the Rams. You can win with the talent of Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. Uh, you can win to beat the bad teams. You will never beat the good teams when you can't protect Matt Stafford and you don't have anybody else but Cooper Cup. And these plays, the, the things that are happening to the Rams are a direct result as to what I said at the beginning of the season. Defenses know what you're doing. This boy genius of Sean McVay, he won the Super Bowl. I'm not going to take credit away from that. 
But defenses look at that offense and they go, okay, you can throw to Cooper Cup 19 times. You're going to get, maybe you're going to complete some of them. But we are also going to get the football. We are going to intercept passes because we know you're going to throw to Cooper Cup. We know every pass is going to Cooper Cup. It's tunnel vision. Matt Stafford can't stop throwing picks because the only person that he trusts is Cooper Cup. And in an offense, you can't do that. Look at the success that a Josh Allen, that a Patrick Mahomes, that an Aaron Rodgers have. Like the reason these guys don't turn the football over is because they will throw to anybody. They throw to a scheme. They throw to an open spot. They throw to the open guy. They scheme everybody to get open and tell your quarterback to find them. The Rams completely scheme Cooper Cup, and that is it. They haven't schemed Allen Robinson to get the ball at all. And I'm not absolving Allen Robinson of this because he looks slow. He looks inefficient. He doesn't look like a, a, a player that belongs uh, getting paid what he get, what he's getting paid. But they are also not helping him because they don't put him in those positions. They're not throwing a bubble screen to, to Allen Robinson to get him involved in the game, get his confidence up. But you can damn sure believe they'll throw 19 screen passes to Cooper Cup to make sure he's involved. And again, I'm not saying you don't want to get the ball in your best player's hands because Cooper Cup is their best player and he's very effective in what he does. But that pick six at the end of the game really was a telling sign. The 49ers knew exactly what the Rams were going to do. Okay, bubble screen, here it comes. I'm going to jump the route. I'm going to take it to the house. And it was a microcosm of what the Rams are right now. They can't block. They can't stop throwing to Cooper Cup. And their defense is not as great as it's it's been in the past. So, um, well, the, I, but, but they're good enough to win games. Like they they will yeah. be good enough to hold on and win games. They will make the playoffs more, more than likely, um, unless they, their offensive line keeps falling apart. And um, so they were they're right there in the middle, bottom of the playoff team, and they'll be out in the first round. That's the way I feel. Something you said that I, I want to bring up that it hasn't been talked about a lot because obviously what, what the headlines for the Rams when we're talking about them and their struggles this year is headlined by what Matthew Stafford's been doing, most turnovers in the league, uh, the pass rather, the the offensive line not being able to protect him, one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. But you brought up the defense, and something that's not that they're not doing this year, that they did last year, they were ninth in the league in pressure rate last year with that off, with that defensive line that was with, with Von Miller towards the end of the season and Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. Those guys were getting after it. They're 31st in the league this year in pressure rate. From a defensive line with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, like that, like that's where, like that's where they're at. They have been struggling to get pressure on the quarterbacks this year, and that just adds on to the struggles as a as a team from the Los Angeles Rams that we're not seeing the same team from last year. And again, like you said, this team most likely will still be in the playoffs, barring of uh, if honestly, if they keep playing like this, that might be thrown up in the air. But this is a team that we all think and we all have a lot of hopes in that they, they do still make the playoffs. And like you said, you still have them at 16 to where they, they're still or at 14. They're still in that last last spot for the playoffs there. Um, but this is not the same Rams team that won the Super Bowl last year. Their pressure rates down. They're allowing a lot more hits to, to Matthew Stafford. And they can't run the football, which is huge. Yep. Uh, but their offense, they're, I, don't, I always say this. I say offense is broken, but it is like the Sean McVay offense is broken right now because he doesn't know what to do. Either doesn't trust his weapons or I don't know. I I'm, you can't just rely on Cooper cup. I know all the Cooper cup stands out there. He's the greatest. I love him. Like that's fine. That can't be the focal point that, I mean, it could be the focal point of your offense, but it can't be the only thing. 
or you're going to find yourself just what happened on, on Monday night where you were just outmatched, out physical, 19 targets for Cooper Cup. Great game, Cooper. Yay. But you were unsuccessful. You well, still can't score points because they know what to do when they know and you're in critical situations. Every team knows where the ball is going. His yeah, defenses are too good. This is why, and I don't want to, I don't want to like discredit Cooper Cup, and I don't want to act like I'm, I'm hating him or whatever. I, I respect Cooper Cup. I think he's been proving it that he's an elite wide receiver in this league, uh, and deserves a whole, whole lot of credit. But this is why Cooper Cup doesn't win the MVP last year. This is why Cooper Cup is not an MVP type player because he can get 19 targets a game and have 150 yards or whatever. They're still going to only score nine points. Like that's, that's, like, that's not, not, that's not that's even not directly to Cooper Cup. Cup. It's any wide exactly. receiver. Name a wide exactly. receiver that wins MVPs. It's exactly. Not, it doesn't happen. Exactly. That, that, that was my point. Not a, dis, not a shot at Cooper Cup whatsoever, but this is why wide receivers, they don't win MVPs. And this is why quarterbacks do. And when, when teams are struggling, it goes straight to the quarterback because well, Matt Ryan or not Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford has been sacked so much. Leasley in interceptions, not a good, not a good system in, in Los Angeles right now. And that is why they have fallen to your number 14 spot. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals move up five. The Raiders move up five. Can you, can you note why, like just a brief note, why you have Jacksonville moving up three spots after a loss, an ugly loss uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. And I, I mean, yeah. ugly by the fact that there were a lot of turnovers, five total turnovers from Jacksonville, uh, but they still move up three spots. I just want you to touch on that real quick. Yeah. Jacksonville is a playoff team. That's why Jacksonville is an absolute playoff team. And in order to be a playoff team, you got to be in the top 14. Um, Right now, Jacksonville's a playoff team, despite the loss to Philadelphia. And I know they were up 14-0. The game got sloppy, and it got away from them. They started giving up a lot on the ground. The one concern would be the rush defense for me. Um, they they got to pick that up. But Philly's a good running team. Uh, but when you know a team's going to run at you, you got to be able to stop it. Um, there's something different in the water in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson. They believe they're young. They're talented. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I believe in, I would take Trevor Lawrence right now over some young quarterbacks that we have spoken highly of. Um, that, that's just the truth. I, I've always thought he's a special talent. And I think with Doug Peterson that he can get to that potential that, that we've liked so much. Um, I, this may, maybe more of it's a gut instinct thing. I just believe Jacksonville is a very good football team. I think they will lose games because they're inexperienced. I think they will struggle in certain situations because of the youth. The, we saw that, turning the football over. Yeah. If you're Trevor Lawrence, you just can't do that in a game like that. Sloppy game, protect the football, they probably win that game. So yeah. I, I, those things they will learn as they go throughout the season, but they will have those struggles. I really just think this is a good football team, and they are not going to get manhandled by anybody. They are not going to be the Jaguars where it's like, oh, God, here we go. It's 41 to 6. It's ugly. It, that's not them. And um, there's no real thing that quantifies the the leap that they've made other than that defense and how impressive I've been, how impressed I've been with that defense, but they're just a good football team. And I trust them right now, as much as I trust the Rams, as much as I trust the Cardinals or the Raiders or the Broncos or any of those teams. um, They've shown me, they've shown me just as much as those teams. And um I don't know. I, I, I And they manhandled the Chargers, and I had a hard time putting the Chargers ahead of them, to be honest. I, yeah, almost, you have the- I'm almost moved the, the Jaguars to 12 because they manhandled them. But I do think that the talent at quarterback and what Justin Herbert's experience already, 
that he's got over Trevor Lawrence is a factor. They've done it without Keenan Allen. They've been banged up on defense. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here, yeah. but um, there was a, a concern with the Chargers rush defense. They're giving up most yards per carry in the league again this year. Um, that's a concern. I, I said yeah. it last year. It's still a concern, but I, I gave the slight edge to the more veteran quarterback, um, but it's close, but it's close. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fair. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I, I know a lot of people will, might see the Jaguars moving up three spots after uh, after a five-turnover game against the Eagles. Um, just wanted some some just some notes on that. Uh, you do have the Cowboys moving up three spots. Cooper Rush, man, leading this team uh, to a top 10 spot on our power rankings. But I don't know. I don't think it's all about Cooper Rush here. I think you're looking at – you might be looking ahead into the future here <laughs> And thinking, okay, maybe this, this this Cowboys team here is doing this with Cooper Rush. You can only imagine what they're going to look like with Dak Prescott. That's why they fall into the number nine spot here, entering the top ten. Minnesota moves into the top ten for the first time, uh, moving up five spots. Uh, Bengals falling out of the top ten, moving to eleven. Uh, is there any other notes you want to bring up for these for nine through sixteen before we get down to uh, one through eight? Yeah, really quickly. I'm, I'm a, obviously I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I do want to. The Dallas Cowboys defense is elite. It's elite. When you have an elite defense in this league, you're going to be probably in the playoffs. That's that's and that's where they're at. And the elite defense can overcome many shortcomings. And to put the Cooper Rush talk to bed, so we don't ever have to mention Cooper Rush's name again in this light. In, in the light of, oh, is he going to challenge Dak Prescott? When Dak Prescott wins games against bad opponents, we don't say anything. Like we we oh it's just the NFC East. Oh, here he beats the bad opponents. Oh, like Cooper Rush has not done anything that Dak Prescott hasn't already done. Dak Prescott's done a lot more than Cooper Rush. He's beat those teams already. Dak Prescott owns the NFC East. If you look at his record versus the NFC East, that's all Cooper Rush has done is won some games against some 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 teams that Dak Prescott beats up every year. So. Uh, just, just enough with the Cooper Rush is pushing for Dak Prescott's job. Uh, when the Dallas Cowboys get Dak Prescott back, they are going to be a much better football team. They are starting to look like the team that I thought they would be. I'm not saying they're going to. Win the Super Bowl. Michael Gallup back, you get some offensive weapons back. They're running the football. Uh, I think there are better days ahead for the Dallas Cowboys offense. And in turn, they're, they're a top 10 football team. They, yep. Their defense alone puts them in the top 10. Yeah, that no no questions asked here, uh, but let's get down to it. Let's get down to business. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs have been one and two respectively for the past, since the start of our power rankings, it's been the Bills one, the Chiefs two, and you have said many of times that it would take a whole lot to move the Buffalo Bills from number one. You have the Chiefs. They did it. They have dethroned the Buffalo Bills for the number one spot in your power rankings. They did it enough of what you wanted to see to be in the number one spot. I'll talk. We'll talk about everything outside of that in just a moment. But let's let's just do it. Let's talk about the Chiefs over the Bills here for the number one spot in your power rankings. Yeah, the Chiefs have a Mahomes. That, that's the difference. Um, Josh Allen's great. I said, right, he was playing the best quarterback in football, but he was playing the best quarterback in football. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. It's there's we got, I had him here and here. And that debate is still there. Like that, it's still close. 
But Patrick Mahomes reminds people week in and week out, even after a tough loss to the Colts, he said, you know what? I I, I got to be better. And so he does, he does shit like this. That's unbelievable. The amount of talent this man has to go and drop 40 plus on the number one defense in football who had only given up 27 points through three weeks to Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. So some offenses we have some respect for, they've given up 27 points through three weeks. And Patrick Mahomes comes in there, Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith and no Tyreek Hill. He's got Jody Fortson, Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey, all scoring touchdowns. Clyde edwards helaire is all of a sudden uh, putting up touchdowns left and right. Isaiah Pacheco on the field. Marquez Valdez-Scantling being a factor. Sky Moore getting in on the action. And he drops 40 points on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, there is nothing. There is nothing standing in the way of the Kansas City Chiefs to win multiple Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl, except for the Kansas City Chiefs. The offensive line took a challenge that Shaq Barrett called them out. They stepped up to the challenge. Mahomes had all day to throw. Um, they were able to run the football. They said, we are going to play within ourselves. You challenge us. You're going to run too high safety. Then we are going to run the ball down your throat. They did that. There isn't a way that the Kansas City Chiefs can't beat you. If you challenge them to run it, they can run it. If you challenge them to throw it, they can throw it. If you say, Patrick Mahomes, I need you to be Superman in order for you to win, he's Superman and he wins. And the connection between him and Travis Kelsey and the energy that they provide for that football team is like no other in the NFL. The, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. And it was hard because I watched the Buffalo Bills the four weeks and they had a brutal schedule and they blew out the Rams and they – handle business against the Titans. And then they come back with a, you know, a tough loss to, to Miami and, and they find a way to come back against Baltimore. And that was a great win. They're three and one. They're, they're great. The chiefs are better. The chiefs are the best team in football. It has a lot to do with this guy. And if I had a picture of Andy Reid on this side, it would be Andy <laughs> Reid on this side. I'd be a chief sandwich. Like, you can call me a Chiefs stand, a Chiefs homer. I love the Chiefs. I've been on Patrick Mahomes since day one. Yes, I have. And I won't go away from that. I said he's arguably the greatest talent at the position we've ever seen. But he is showing you why. This yeah. is all that jibber-jabber. All the people we had to listen to in the offseason. The Chargers, best team in the AFC West. So I, I saw people pick the Chiefs as the fourth best team in the AFC West this year because of Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson, the Chargers getting Khalil Mack and all this. And all Patrick Mahomes did was like the disrespect. The eighth best player in the NFL you know, top 100 players. The eighth? Come on, man. This you don't the want best to play, player in football. You don't want to. This is similar, and I don't mean to bring up like college football in Alabama here, but like you don't want to put a chip on the shoulder of the best player in the NFL. You don't want to give the best team in the NFL bulletin board material. And that's what happened in the offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs who now take the number one spot in your power rankings. And again, it's not a disrespect to Buffalo at all. They're still <laughs> no, they're number two. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that that's the thing here. This this drop is not a, a knock on the Buffalo Bills uh because of, of what I mean, they 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 beat the Baltimore Ravens, who are a top five team in this league. They were able to win that game, but the Chiefs are just doing something special here. Uh, the rest of your one through eight, though, you have the Packers at three, the Eagles at four, the Ravens dropping down to number five, the Bucks at six, the Niners, the Niners at seven, and the Dolphins falling from three to eight. Let's start off with your biggest riser in this top eight, the San Francisco 49ers going from outside the top 10 to inside the top 10 to number seven. 
What are you seeing from San Francisco that you're loving so much that makes you think they're a top seven team in the NFL? Well, it's the same thing we saw last year. Um, I told everybody that they would be a better football team with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And I've also been the Jimmy biggest Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he. He's not in to run the football. They know they want to throw a, a three yard dig and let Debo Samuel do the rest. Like this is what they are. It's not spectacular. It's what Jimmy G does. So yes, he's able to win games because that defense is elite. They have a different gear at home and that's what they showed Monday night. But Jimmy Garoppolo can do this. We've seen this before. They were the what third or fourth best football team last year at the end of the day, where they were in the NFC championship game with this squad. And they've added some pieces in a Charvarius ward. Um, the biggest thing with the 49ers is when it matters most and you need Jimmy G to make a throw when it matters most and you need Jimmy G to be a superstar quarterback. That's the question mark about the 49ers. But outside of that, there's no questions. This team's physical, seems good. They're well coached. They will be there in the end. And uh, I have no doubts right now. They're probably, they're the best team in the NFC West. I expect them right now to win the division. Um, but if Jimmy G's ability rears its ugly head, when you need to win games, it could be right back to where they were last year, be nine and eight or, you know, something like that. So uh, it's about Jimmy G just managing the game, just manage the game and know who you are. And when he does that, he's a winner. He can win football games, but there's yeah. a limitation on that winning. That and limitation when he, comes in the postseason. And when you look at who's their defensive quarterback, his name is the ski. D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans. He has been, and I don't know what it is in San Francisco. You go from Robert Salah to, to D'Amico Ryan's here, and it's like nothing ever, nothing ever happened this year. They always right have now, a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're oh, it's every year with the San Francisco 49ers, and this year they have been the best. They are first in points per game, uh, points per game allowed, allowing only 11 and a half points per game, first in yards per play, first in punt rate, first in expected points per game. It's it's like this team. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. And I'm not, I'm don't, don't get me wrong. This is not a shot at the Niners. Do you look at the offenses that they've played and wonder if this is real, not real, if they're good, but how elite they've been, because you mentioned, we've already mentioned it. Chicago. We know Seattle, the the Broncos, which you've lamented how bad it's been. And now the Rams just spent 10 minutes bashing. And I'm not saying, Again, that this Niners defense, they're an elite defense. But I, when you start throwing out number one in this, number one in this, number well, one think, in this, I do have I, to start looking at, at that. Well, no, that, and that's fair. And, and if you remember last year, I was down on the Miami Dolphins last year with that win streak because it was against bad teams. And you're, and you're perfectly fine bringing up the, the, the schedule that they have, they've had. Bears, Seahawks, Broncos, Rams. Like, I think maybe I need another week or two of the Rams offense and the Broncos offense struggling for me to say, okay, the Niners are beating up that. Like, cause you the Rams look have at, scored three points in the fourth quarter. This year. That's what I'm saying. They've only scored three points in, in the fourth four games. But they're one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the league. If they are the, actually the worst fourth quarter team in the league yeah. in, the, in the Rams. But and when we saw what Buffalo did to this, uh, this offense, the, this Rams offense and, and the Rams offense has not been good this year, but they still have the talent and they still have the, the, I don't want to say the expectations, but they have, they have a Sean McVay who's supposed to be, like you said, an offensive mastermind. So when you beat and you only hold them to nine points in the game, 
that stands out. So I think to me, and again, this might be me writing my own narrative and picking and choosing. For me, I need two more games of Rams offensive struggles for me to say, okay, I don't, I don't even care about that. Now, I'm just waiting for the Niners to play. And all. Like over the next two weeks, the Niners play the Falcons and the Panthers. It's not going to get better. The Niners are still going to be the number one defense because they're going to destroy those offenses. But in three weeks, in three weeks, we are going to see a, the Niners defense. We're going we're gonna to know really where they stand up. And I'm sure they'll play, they'll play well. They play Kansas City. Uh, I'm sure they'll play well. But we're really going to get to see where that Niners offense stacks up. Because after that, they play Kansas City. They play the Rams again. They play the Chargers, the Cardinals. A little bit more offensive juice there. Um, I just think the offenses so far have been a little bit lackluster. And I, I want to see them play in, in what we consider right now an elite offense. And in three I, weeks, I, they'll, I, they'll get to see that. I think by season's end, we will definitely get the answer of, and it won't be like what I had last year. If you've watched the show before, it won't be like last year where I'm like questioning the Miami Dolphins. Like I was questioning the Miami Dolphins because their streak at the end of the season was against bad teams. This year is with the Niners. They do play enough good offenses to say, okay, at season's end, this defense is legit. I think this defense is legit either way. I don't think this defense is a bad yeah, defense for at all. Sure, for I'm, sure. I'm just saying the, for the, as the best defense in the league, uh, that's yeah. where that, that's where we're at with the Niners. Uh, the Miami Dolphins falling five spots. That's just because two is out. Is that a fair assumption? Um, or it, it, you know, I, I've thought about this. Their their secondary has not been very good this year, but they get Byron Jones back. I think that's going to help significantly when you had Xavier Howard and Byron Jones back there. Um, and yeah, two is out. Uh, it was just a tough tough loss to Cincinnati. That whole game was rough. They could have won that game maybe if two stays in there. Who knows? Um, I, I dropped them five because I really want to see this week. I, I want to see them play the jets. I want to see what they do. Are they going to go in there and handle business like they're supposed to? And me say, okay, that's the good football team. I expect even with Teddy Bridgewater. Cause if you're the number seven, eight team, you go in there and you still handle your business with Teddy Bridgewater. He's a serviceable enough backup. So, uh, maybe it's, uh, they slid down that much too. Cause I, it's, I just wanted to wait and see, I want to see what they do this week. Uh, but also those other teams up there are really good. Tampa Bay loses. Yeah. They're still really good. Um, yeah. the, I would say the Eagles and the Dolphins have the most fluidity of this top eight list. Like, I'm going to say the same thing with Philly I just said with the Niners. They've looked the part. They really have. But the NFC East has a very easy road this year. The Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, they all play easy-ass schedules. So they're going to have a ton of wins, a ton of games that they should go out and win. I'm still waiting for the Eagles to play a team that I am confident in. And, and it's not because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. It's because I want to see what are they going to do when they play a team that is trying to make a deep playoff run. They don't have one on their schedule until week 12. Like, or I'm, I guess if you include Dallas outside of the, outside of the division in week, in week 12, it's the Packers. So the Dallas game for me is big. Um, I, I think that's the first real test for Philly that I'll, I can look at and I'll, I will gauge where they really are at. If they win, th then legit. Um, if they lose, I'm not saying that they fall. It's how they lose, right? Do they just get manhandled like they did last year twice? Because there was a, I don't know who did it. Again, probably on TikTok. There was a stat. They brought up Jalen Hurts' wins versus quarterbacks, versus other teams with quarterback play. And he has, he's like 0-5 versus like what we would consider top quarterbacks, like Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And he's like 2-2 two two versus fringe quarterbacks. And then he's 
like 15 and one versus like all other bad quarterbacks, <laughs> Trubisky. And like, that's what Jalen Hurts has been in his, in his career. So with those numbers, I looked at, I was like, you know what? That's the Dak Prescott narrative, right? We talk about that every year with Dak Prescott. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat, but they don't beat the teams that are better than them. And so Jalen Hurts is kind of falling into that right now. And Philadelphia is doing the same thing. So I want to see them match up against some quality opponents before I really buy all the way in, but I do have them at four because they've played really well. And I, I believe in Jacksonville. And I thought that was, a well, that, well, that's the thing too. I mean, we talked about with the Niners and who they've played. I mean, the Eagles, I mean, they played Detroit. They outscored, they, they, they outscored Detroit. <laughs> right. And, and then they played the Minnesota. The, the they Minnesota played Minnesota. Game was a good win. Yeah, it was a good win. Then I mean, Washington, and then they had the Jacksonville game. So right now it's like two, two good wins. One bad one. One whatever like, win. You and should then, win. Yeah, one you should win, and then one shootout where you survived. I mean, not survived. You, they played well. Not to discredit them. Um, but yeah, so the Eagles at number four move up two spots. They enter the top four. The Packers now in the top three. They moved up from five to three. Um, they looked good against Green. Well, they looked. Why, why did you? I don't want to. I, we're running late on time here. But. I've told you before. The Green Bay Packers are one of the best teams in football. I don't care how they win. Hook by crook. They got number 12. And every year they're in the NFC Championship game or fighting for the NFC Championship game. Um, and the difference between them and the San Francisco 49ers is they got number 12. This man said by hook or by crook. That's all I need to hear on the show. Yeah, it's it's all those teams. Those teams that have elite quarterbacks like that, like they can struggle at times throughout the season. The Packers have an elite defense. They have elite talent, and Aaron Rodgers will. will figure it out, really, offensively, especially. Um, yeah, but it's just what they do. It's just yep. what they do. Yeah, that's fair. There's your top eight. There's your top 32. Chiefs have the new number one spot. Your biggest fallers, the Denver Broncos. So there was no definitive biggest riser because I believe there were a lot. There were like three or four teams on your list that moved up five spots. That was the highest uh, riser uh, in this week's power rankings. So then that was the Jets, the Cardinals, the uh, or yeah, I think it was the Jets. No, the Jets, the Falcons. Some of those teams are big. Were big risers moving up five spots. So. Uh, there you have it, though. There's our power rankings. Aaron, let's do this. Let's do this matchup here. The Thursday night preview between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. Uh, primetime football Thursday night. The Denver Broncos are three-point favorites here with an over-under of 43 points in this game. Uh, we discussed these teams earlier. These two teams really headlined our power rankings list because of their falling statuses uh, in the rankings because they were two of our biggest fallers two of the more disappointing teams to start the season, which I don't want to give you the generic question. I don't want to give you the question you hate the most, but then just give me the question you're going to give me who needs this win more like who, like this, this game, if they don't win this game, you're like, man, this is, they're really, really falling behind. Like obviously Denver's two and two, if they lose, they just drop two and three, but like, which one needs this win? You don't even know how to ask the question. Your shit is confused. Well, no, I, I know how to ask this question, but I'm trying not to get that answer from you of, they um, both of them need the win. It's a win in the NFL. You need to win in the I don't want that. Yeah, I want you, it. Again, I want it. Raise the question the right way. That's what I'm trying. That's what I was trying I know. You're, you're struggling with it. Listen, um, the Colts obviously need to win more. 
because they're only got one win. But I think this really comes down to how far do we think these teams can go? And I think this is a telling sign for them. The Denver Broncos are not going to go win Super Bowls or compete for Super Bowls when you can't win a home game on a Thursday night for a team traveling on the road with an injured Jonathan Taylor and a team that's not been playing well. So in that theory, Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos have to be ready to play this game and they have to win this game. Um, so yes, it might be the Colts on the statistics or leaderboard or standings that say, hey, if they lose, now they're one and four with the or one, three and one, really falling behind. But in the end, the Denver Broncos play in a much tougher division um, that is going to be harder to come back from and be in, and actually sustain in the AFC. And they're at home on a Thursday night in prime time with the better quarterback. It's it's the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, they got to ride. They got to ride in this game. They got This offense has to produce. Melvin Gordon has got to stop. Having... Um, they have to find a way to get the offense rolling. The defense will be solid. Randy Gregory lost hurt, but I think they'll be okay. And they'll get after Matt Ryan. It's the Broncos. The Broncos got to win this game. Yeah. No, I, that's, and that's, that's where I wanted to go. Both these teams rank in the bottom three in points per game. Their offenses have not looked uh, that great. When you, when you talk about uh, the new weapons that they've added and obviously Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, you did talk about the injuries the Colts are going through uh, Jonathan Taylor, coming into this game with an ankle injury, no Shaq Leonard, the Broncos now without Javante Williams and Randy Gregory in this game, two banged up teams. Um, what do you, what are you looking at most in this game? Like what, what player, what side of the ball maybe are you looking at? will have the most focus on here. Oh, it's the Denver offense. I think that's going to be the storyline for Denver from throughout the most part of the season. Can Nathaniel Hackett get the offense back on track to where they need to be? But uh, I still think it'll take time. I do think they can have a good game here on a Thursday night. Uh, But that's what you're watching. You're looking to see if the offense takes strides. I don't look for perfection. I don't look for um, all of a sudden just flipping a switch. I look for progression. Can you progress over the weeks to to continue to, to get better and look like the team that we expected you to look like? And I think that starts on Thursday night. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's pretty dead even in the careers of Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson. Three wins, uh, three wins apiece. Matt Ryan has 14 touchdowns, four interceptions. Russell Wilson has 12 touchdowns and four interceptions. Uh, both these quarterbacks neck and neck when they play each other. Who gets the win? Uh, I am taking Denver here. Um, I, like I said, I'm still a believer in Denver. I'm not a believer in the Colts. Jonathan Taylor being injured changes that entire offense. I will take Denver in this one, 24 to 16. 23-19 Denver in this game. I agree with you that I think that Denver is a little bit more ahead of the Colts in terms of figuring things out with their new pieces. The offense for the Colts, I think you're right, runs through Jonathan Taylor and who knows which version of Jonathan Taylor we're going to get. We're going to get a banged up version of Jonathan Taylor who gets 13, 14 touches in this game. And if he, if he gets that, they're losing this game. And that's what I think it comes down to. Uh, Yeah. So what did I say? 23, 19 Broncos. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where I'm going. Um, tomorrow we will have our DFS picks for this game. We'll be setting our lineups and our captain showdown, uh, with a hundred of you beautiful people at home watching. Um, Bailey thinks this game is going to be Denver 244 to 13. Uh, let's see that that's 24, 13 down there. Uh, but no, yeah. DFS plays tomorrow for this game. We've also got our AFC, uh, week five previews. 
talking about all the teams that are all AFC teams that are hosting games, previewing those, predicting those, and so much more. Aaron, it was a great show again today. We appreciate you doing these power rankings that that uh, have seen some criticism in the past, but I like this. This is my favorite power rankings you've done so far, and I hope the fans. <laughs> oh man, that means I, that means I messed up. Yeah, it, it it does. You really messed this one up. Uh, but we'll see what the the fans' reactions to this is, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow again, recap uh, previewing the week, some Week Five action. Until then, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at the Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the Tickety Talk. We are there at Sac City Pod. Subscribe, share, like, and tell your friends. For your, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and I am me. We will see. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, uh. Hold on, hold on. Okay, now you can go. I can't end the show with a with a losing team behind me. I gotta. Oh, All but right. you have them win. You have them win. But, but I need to be the number one seed. I'm the number one. Number one in your heart. Okay. No, okay. Number go one. Watch us on YouTube. Go watch us on YouTube. Go look at what you want us to talk. We talked about a lot of teams today. Go go check us out. There you have it. For for the yeah, there you go. There you go. He is he and I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. You made it this far, so you must have liked that show. If you did, go ahead and think of two people you can share this episode with. We can never have too many people in the city. So don't forget to hit that follow button. Sac City. Population. One more.